0: eat meat i'm not even a big fan of fake meat yeah Mm. like if if i if it's available and and that's what it is i'll eat it but like i don't have that thing of like oh i'm gonna eat that yeah that hamburger um but again i just feel like the way that things are going humans are so full of themselves that sometimes you gotta come with these alternatives Mm. and slowly and trying to introduce people to new things that might be a little bit less damaging Mm. to actually go for the big changes. So if meat lab means that less cows will be suffering or whatever, you know, if that Mm. huge amount of lands in the Amazon in Brazil, you know, like it's it's not gonna have to be destroyed to, to feed the pig because of soy and all that, you know, like, so do I agree with it? I don't think it's necessary. I think yeah. we could do his smart yeah. but you know what I mean? But yeah, I feel I like some things just take the course of, of what yeah. it is. Yeah. What do you think?
1: Well, you saw my painting I did of Vandana Shiva recently, and she is like the queen of um, you anti-GMOs. You know no, no, so know. she's one of the most famous activists around um, rights for farmers, like small farmers in yeah. India, um, and the effects of um, Monsanto, Um, how they released all these genetically modified seeds. So this is farming of, like, this is growing crops, not animal agriculture. Um, And the effects that those seeds had, like, they, they were so unsustainable and they meant, like, the next year's crops would be, like, um non-resistant to a lot of bugs they ruined all the soils um and there was this mass of suicides in India like of small farmers there were about 400,000 that killed themselves and wow. um she started this movement of saving seeds and there's an amazing documentary on it called The Seeds of Vandana Shiva mm. um and yeah so she's warning people about this big push at the moment around like with big ag agriculture um and big pharma sort of entwined um these big corporations that are trying to push these the genetic modification and actually i think it may have come up in the debate last night because um, national are wanting to lift the um the ban on genetic modification yeah. um and Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's good. There's a lot of papers that are saying that it will be detrimental to our health and it's already detrimental to the environment just at the level from what we've seen in the past few years, like in places where they're trialing it, like India and Africa. Um, So yeah, and Bill Gates is someone who he owns like, I think he's the largest owner of um, land Mm. in the States. As, like as an individual, not like um BlackRock, um, like a corporation. Um <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, he's really in support of these GMOs and lab meat and um yeah, sort of like degrading the natural way of yeah, I, producing food. And yeah.
2: I'd say I'm against GMOs. Like yeah. I don't I think we're doing enough to people with processed meats. Mm. I think processed meats are kind of borderline. Um obviously the not the healthiest options out there but gmos kind of go that step further um with not knowing actually what is inside these meats yeah. um, i don't think that the ban should be lifted i think it should bit remain especially mm. in new zealand we yeah, kind I agree. of place ourselves as this you know progressive culture uh
1: and we have such amazing resources and amazing soil exactly. it. yeah, yeah, it's yeah.
2: kind of we kind of throwing that <laughs> reputation away when Mm. You want to go to like a global effort to do GMOs. I just mm. don't understand it quite well. Like mm. it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's an unnecessary step.
1: Yeah. It'll make people like Bill Gates and any, anyone that has investments in those companies extremely rich. And then yeah. it will just mm. further the, um, yeah, the Comes degradation capitalism. of health. Yeah. Yeah. So bro, well, it,
0: it's know. interesting that we're tapping into that that thing of like it goes back to what is the current system that most of the the western at mm-hmm. least operates right which is capitalism in many countries um first of all can you guys hear your, your, your yeah two? well yeah, so yeah. this one is yours bro and this one is yours and i forgot to tell you if you need anything you just can check that awesome. um, yeah when you're studying politics when you're going through a course of politics yeah. um do you get knowledge like about the history of, of sh- surely you do but i mean in a way that it's more focused on what the scenario is right now or you get to learn different ways of governing and like how things were operating in different times like can you can you just give me like a big yeah. picture of what what it is
2: so at the university of auckland uh politics and international relations the course itself is kind of designed where first and second year you have well the first year you have the more, uh, the foundations of Western politics and law as a subject which is 109 and then you have global politics and then New Zealand politics as well. Those are the main ones. I took 107 and 109 which was the foundations of Western politics and law and New Zealand politics. So those are kind of the introductory uh, topics you can take. Uh, foundations and West, of Western politics and law was more surrounded by the idea of ancient philosophy so aristotle when he was talking about the ideal state and if we're political animals by nature kind of learn about all of uh that side of things it's really theoretical really philosophical um in my opinion it was really boring but it was kind of gives you a foundation it was kind of a good to understand you know where these first ideas came from and kind of how that links how things today link back to yesterday's topics um where 107 was more informal around the idea of, you know, domestic politics, you know, what happens here, how our systems work, how they kind of operate on a global scale as well. Um, Level two, stage two, politics, so there's 209, which is the second year equivalent to 109, so that was more like modern political thought, so it's kind of taking the historic perspective from first year. Turning it into like an eighteenth century kind of mm. uh, political thought um, i didn't see much difference. We kind of focused on utilitarianism more in second year, um, which is about you know the correct way of um, s- seeing people and uh, the ultimate how would you describe it the choice that, the right choice that would impl- would impact most people so you, you you act based on other people mm-hmm. so for this is a really common example used by heaps of people globally um if you had five people on a track and then on the other side of the track there was a lever and you were holding the lever would you let the train hit those people or you pull the lever and divert the train to hit nothing so would you sacrifice five people or oh no there's a one person on the other side of the track so oh, would you okay. sacrifice five people yeah or would you sacrifice one and so, obviously, you'd probably say, "Oh, I'd sacrifice one and say mm-hmm. five. Um, and that's just like the utility. You know, you, you're you're doing an action for the better of other people, mm-hmm. um, and there's lots more to it as well. Um, but yeah, I focus on that mainly in that course, and then third year's split, so you kind of go off into your own your own areas. Um, but yeah, that's that's politics at the University of Oxford. Right, right, yeah. right,
0: and then international relations come under the same umbrella or that's
2: yeah so it's kind of uh you see more of international relations in the second year uh in the second semester so we're doing you have we had the option of taking a paper this semester which was critical security studies which i was talking about before um it's a lot more focused on global perspectives on how to deal with issues there's heaps papers in third year as well that you can do um at an international kind of perspective you kind of you, you have a choice whether to go go down the philosophical path or the practical path i kind of choose the practical path because it's more relevant that's why i didn't take philosophy because i just find it really boring um but yeah it's good
0: <laughs> i find it interesting when a lot of uh, ways of thinking come from um, Aristotle's, you know like yeah. and, and mm. that group, you know like love it like I love the this stoicism and all, all those things like I love that. but I feel like sometimes there's even racism there. Because we ignore a lot of like African philosoph- philosophers, you know, like even Egyptians, mm. you know, like people keep saying, "Oh, how did how did the pyramids were made?" Man, I don't know, but maybe <laughs> a lot of people suffered to do that, and yeah. you keep saying that it was aliens, you know, like. Well, it's not th- easy to lift a
2: one-ton, you know, block of concrete. <laughs> no, <Nah>, but like, <laughs> you
0: know? but like, how 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 many stories we choose not to tell and not to look back mm. on them and validate? different groups because nowadays there's racism in this world that we live in so like we kind of choose it's like the probably the the classic example is the image of jesus yeah it doesn't matter how many times every two three years five years someone comes and say now we have these new studies like now we've done the dna now his (laughs) hair was like this and probably his head he had a big nose man and good old Surfer Jesus, man, is still rocking, man. Selling books and stuff. You know, like doesn't matter how many times you tell people some ideas, yeah, they just
2: lost Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the <laughs> idea of politics is very westernized. Like it's, I mean, it was founded in the Western culture, but I think it is also important to kind of dive in and look at the other um government kind of uh, ideals of control, if that makes sense. Like how. Uh, you look at the indigenous people of the Amazon, how do they govern themselves? You know, they've got the rights of themselves. They govern themselves, they do their own thing and centralized governments stay away from that. They let them do their own, you know, whatever they want to do. We, we should be looking into, you know, is that effective? Not just democracy, but yeah.
0: What do you think about <laughs> democracy? Am I democracy? <laughs> they democracy? Wow. Yeah, I mean,
1: I don't know. <laughs> yeah I feel like at the moment we don't have that much of a say mm. over what's happening um politically I mean we've got the elections coming up but it's quite a uh, um yeah it's not so nice of a round this year with the battle of the two Chrises yeah. and um yeah I, I feel like it's um yeah There's not as much hope, really, for this this round. And like Mm. you were saying, it's kind of status quo at the moment, but there are some cool parties coming through. Um, I want to give a shout out to NZ Loyal. Um, They're having their meeting right now in Thames. So (laughs) if anyone in the Coromandel area wants to check them out, um, Liz Gunn is in Thames. um, One of the churches there are having their meeting with, um, I believe his name is Ray Cobb, the candidate for Coromandel. Um, and he's an ex-cop, um, and yeah, he's got a lot of love for this community. And um, yeah, I was going to be there tonight, but I came and did this instead. Aww, so here you are. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, if people want to check them out, go to their website and have a look at their policies. Like, if you're someone who's wanting, um, you know, an anti-globalist kind of voice, and our political system where there really isn't any from like the main parties mm. um i mean winston has sort of come out and said sort of like what trump has done like where they were initially for these mandates and um for the control and they've turned it around as like a thing to get votes and they're now you know disingenuinely saying like oh you guys were gaslit um <laughs> yeah. but yeah so that's um, Winnie's got to go. That's just one thing I wanted to say. <laughs>
0: man, <laughs> now it's time for you for a shout out, brother. You're going to do it. I'm going to give a shout out as well. Okay, go I'll give man. a shout out
2: to um, <laughs> the wonderful Helen White, the Albert <laughs> candidate uh, yeah. for Labour. She's great. Uh, focused on raising the middle and lower incomes of families and individuals. Uh, yeah, but I think it's great overall that we've got all this talent, fresh talent coming through. I think it's good that we have a variety in this democracy. Um, I don't think it should just be focused on you know the two main parties. I think you know we should shine light onto these smaller ones, which is why yeah. I like um, these like the Moana um, interviews and mm. you know just news producers and news presenters that want to give others a go yeah. Um, yeah yeah I think that's what democracy is about. I mean you don't have to agree with anything that anyone else says I mean it's up to your ideology to make that. Um, Yeah, I think it's good that we have a variety in New Zealand.
1: Yeah, our media, the mainstreams or legacy Mm. media at the moment is so biased towards um, the main parties. Yeah,
2: Um, I definitely think that the media should move away from... I feel like, this is my personal opinion, I feel like mainstream media like News Hub and One News and um, Newstalk ZB and New Zealand Herald, all of these different branches mm. have such a say in who votes for who yeah, they do. It, it just needs to stop. It's important that everyone's informed about issues, but I think the the narratives and the opinion pieces that are put out, yeah, are kind of misleading in some places, and it kind of pushes social cohesion a little bit sideways. Mm. I just
1: I, and our government does mm. has paid our media companies to side with them, like I'm sh- like especially around the COVID years. There was like fifty five million that was spent.
2: I don't know about. Yeah. on that one, so
0: but. the the thing the thing with media is it's it's a good topic because mm-hmm. um you guys can help me can help me with that if uh the budget situation interferes on that right because some parties yeah. obviously can afford more than others for ads mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what you're saying makes mm-hmm. sense you know like even if you give equal opportunity then you have someone giving their opinion mm. right next to it Mm. you know like it will really take people to a to a different direction they they, they can play a very dangerous game yeah. there. but at the end of the day bro there's a lot of interest in the media in the people mm. in the media as well mm. right for 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 the lobby and who is in control isn't it yeah so it's pretty much like tap yeah backing and all this stuff
1: one thing i noticed when i was doing a bit of like research for this today a lot of the comment sections on youtube for news hub new zealand Herald like all of those main sites Mm -hmm. all the comments are turned off they don't want people connecting and um having a voice they just want to have assert their what do you think about it?
0: because i i i I see your point
1: yeah Um, and they try and call it they try and say that there'll be hate speech but i believe that what they're really worried about is people dissenting against these corporate elites and these monopolies these corporations selling too many truths yeah yeah it's it's pretty obvious, I think. And anyone that does put out genuine hate speech usually gets smashed and they're, mm. you mm. know. But it's, yeah, I don't think...
0: Just just before I take to that to you, bro, because I, I want to ask if you would have a good idea for how the media should should be part of it. But just before we do that, shout out to all the beautiful people. We got so many people watching our live streams really? now. Hey, like, it's so cool. And it's been like that for the last three shows that we've done, so... Shout out for the, all the beautiful people watching all Bay's live. That is cool. Tyua Wolf, my man. Howdy. I'm annoyed. I missed the last live. You did, man. How come? I watched it later and it was so interesting. Thank you. Pen Badass says, hi, everyone. Did you do any study on Sir Graham Latimer? Have you guys heard his name? No. no I and then Ben says, thank you. He was my grandfather. Lawyers and accountants wrote the history, history books. we'll get in touch with you later and learn more about your grandfather man yay and Alyssa curtis says yes helen shout out Mm. thanks so much for everyone who is watching us right now bro um i see your point. i agree there should be more regulation and more ways of like making that a bit more fair yeah how should we do that would you have a take on that because media Mm. is there to inform this is a media outlet yeah you know so do we come up with rules and then if we come up with rules someone will say ah well, come yeah. on what's wrong with these rules it should be like whatever you know so so it's yeah. touchy it's, so there's it's a, complicated. Yeah, there's a big
2: barrier when it comes to again like how you enforce certain things upon uh companies like media companies i think what they're doing uh around like i said opinion pieces. How it's coming from a uh, a what do you call them a news mm-hmm. outlet person? I don't know what they're called. Reporter. Mm-hmm. If they're coming, sorry, if they're coming from a reporter, then and it's an opinion piece from someone. It's kind of like are you having a, a biased view on it? And I, if you're in a mainstream media outlet like News Hub or uh, News Talk ZP, then. Should you be allowed to? I mean, small media like this where you're getting guests on should be fine. But I mean, I don't really have a a strong view in the sense where it should be enforced. I think they just kind of need to bring the ropes in a little bit, kind of, you know, be a bit more sensible around. Integrity. Yeah, I yeah. And mm-hmm. and give fairness as well. I think fairness is a big thing. Like if you're gonna give someone an interview, like if you're gonna give um Let's say you give Chris Hopkins an interview. Give Chris Luxon one as well. Don't just do one and then expect nothing from the other. And I think that's the whole uh, integrity thing that you're bringing up as well. Like, yeah, it's important to have both.
1: Yeah. There. Yeah. When it's yeah, when it's sort of like a, I don't know, is is TVNZ government owned? Um, this might not. It gets be funding. Around. Yes. Yeah. It yep. gets, when it's getting funding like that, yeah, there yep. should be more representation. Yeah. Mm.
0: At the end of the day, a bunch of humans who get their salaries and they don't want to give up on their salary. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, and not, not giving shit to capitalism. But of course, that's my shout out to all the punks and hippies out there in the world giving shit to capitalism. Keep, keep giving shit to capitalism <laughs> because I don't see anything wrong in, in making a living and mm. getting some money and buying things for you. But like, it's very upsetting that the sense of competition is never ending. Mm -hmm. so like the more you get doesn't matter how much you get there will be someone who gets more than you yeah and you will never be satisfied because money does that to people yeah you know like the people who say that it doesn't they don't have money yeah they don't know how it is i don't know how it is but i understand the concept you know like i see sad people they're not even bad sometimes you hear oh but there's those bad people i say they're not bad they're like unaware of all the realities if you grew up in a small town with a lot of privilege first of all you cannot even acknowledge your privilege so you cannot even acknowledge your privilege you will not understand what is to to have necessities in life and all those things you know so you will think that meritocracy which is a very Mm -hmm. common thing to do right yeah oh but like we all have opportunities you should work harder what do you mean Mm -hmm. the guy putting the the tar seal on the road you know the Mm -hmm. roads or the one cleaning all over the place where you were working the whole day are you saying that he's not working
1: yeah people, hard uh, you know like so that yeah.
0: that for me is the upsetting thing with mm. with money and when we're governed when when we are in a system that operates in that mentality of it's all about the competition we don't even talk about salaries
2: mm. yeah. why
0: do people feel to, Ooh, uh, like no one actually opens up and yeah. say this is how much i make maybe you should because yeah. maybe the guy next to you is working more than you mm-hmm. making less because you found a way through you know like yeah. so
1: mm. one thing i wanted to say is like i've i've heard a lot of people have this discussion around capitalism and like we've got this especially in the youth today um like in the west yeah like such an anti-capitalist movement and more sort of marxist communist yeah. kind of thing but i from what from who i've been listening to um Like, it really doesn't seem like we have true Adam Smith capitalism. Like, we have corporate monopolies. We have these giant corporations that are supported by the governments that are just Mm. taking away power from small communities, small business people. Um, Mm. And, yeah, I don't know.
0: Who is Adam Smith again? Just so we can (laughs) tap tap into him and have a look. I think
1: he was one of the original, um, like... I don't know, I don't know too much about uh, the history of capitalism, but I think he wrote a lot of theory around it and like had that um, sort of vision, that original um, like grassroots thing of what it was meant to be, um, where everyone has the equal opportunity to Mm. price whatever they want and like actual fair competition, which um, yeah i i don't know if i don't know you, too much about if you're coming, but if
0: you're coming from the same background yeah. if you're coming mm-hmm. from the same place it then it yeah. does make sense right yeah, yeah. i always uh
2: kind of had a look i always looked at the two parties here in new zealand well, mm. national and act uh national and labor sorry the two main competitors Labour's more this is a quote from marion williamson we'll quote oh, it. Cool. Uh, labor's more by the people for the people and of the people Whereas National's a government, that would be for the corporations, by the corporations, by the corporations. It shouldn't be by the corporations. Corporations shouldn't have a say or a big uh, a say as they do uh, on decision making as, for example, the United States does. Like I don't, like National's kind of perception on, you know, uh, profit and uh, companies how that relates or an interest towards uh labor's view where it's by the people for the people and of the people uh it's you can understand it's hard to explain but it's yeah and
1: it's kind of flipped a little bit now as well Mm -hmm. um like
2: and particularly
1: in the the states like the democrats who are like the the um america's version of labor Mm -hmm. um they are all now funded they they are the corporations like both sides are kind of funded and now a lot of the because um, i guess the right-wing people are generally about their own personal freedoms yeah. and um yeah and their rights and but i don't know there's there's people who yeah it's quite a tricky thing like in some ways i feel like the left and right they have a like people just have a lot of the same values in common, but just go about achieving them different ways. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's a very there's, there's intricate a lot of, kind of. There's darkness on both sides. Um, like if you look at someone like Biden mm. and you look at.
2: I'd say there's, a, there's probably about 95% more darkness on one side than the other,
0: mm-hmm. especially far right and far left. Like. Yeah. I don't Ooh. Know. When 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 did you start tapping into a a more left leaning uh So life.
2: I grew up uh with it's hard to say, I don't know what my mum my mum's values are. But my dad and my brother are very vocal around um <laughs> kind of what they who they vote for and what they see. They're very right wing people. Um, were national and act voters. Uh I was well I wasn't, but I was kind of Shel- not sheltered I didn't have access to information As easy at a really young age I remember hearing the word government when I was about Nine or eight or something From what I can remember um, I took a left leaning View at things when Jacinda came in in 2017 And she kind of d- just won mm-hmm. um, With negotiations I looked At her and how she Humanised things in twenty seventeen. And that's what kind of made me like think you do need to look after the working class people. You do need to um have a view on Tetility that is appropriate and not discriminative like mm. national's views. I mm-hmm. just as soon as I found out that National and Act kind of had their not I wouldn't say anti Mori, well Act yes, but National is just more like can't be bothered doing anything about it. Um I identify with Labour because they're responsible how they do things, uh, socially, like socially progressive. Um but they're yeah, responsible about how they go about the progression. That makes sense. There's still a lot there's still a lot more I think there's still a lot more to be done around Tititi and the rights of Moldi. Um but those are my main drivers for why I'm um labour is because I'm, I am I am a student, I am a lower class resident, I work for what I have, um, yeah. and ultimately, yeah, just all my uh, ideals, ideologies align
1: mm.
2: with the party.
1: I think... Like, I I have a very similar sort of story to you. Um, mm. And when Jacinda came in, I was all for her. I idolized her, like, all of her speaking points. Um, and particularly around that, um, the area of my body, my choice, because she was taking abortion off the Crimes Act. And I was so about that. And her whole, ma- like, mantra of, like, kind, be kind, be mm. kind to everyone. Um And then, yeah, like I was saying before, like I was absolutely heartbroken when she, you know, put the mandates in place and suddenly, oh, it's not my body, my choice. It's like we don't give doctors a say. We are the only source of truth, like just and um, yeah. So that's where she sort of isolated a lot of her initial supporters. like me, do you
0: do you do you for both of you do you feel like um we have to agree and support whatever party we choose to support, regardless? No, or not?
1: I think it's very nuanced, like you're probably never going to agree with every policy of a party. Mm. Um, and I guess that's why it's good that there is a mix of parties in government. A, yeah. eh?
2: well, I definitely think we should have a, a wealth tax, mm. we should. I mean, yeah, um, or capital gains. Come on.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, can you, you could,
0: explain capital yeah, gains explain in simple it. words? Uh, do, do you have that, that ability? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for someone to, to give us some yeah, light on capital gains. I can. Um, so
2: it's pretty much, let's say you are a millionaire and you wanted to go buy a yacht, a big super yacht. Pretty much what that's saying is by capital. So that's a capital investment, and that would be taxed that's that spend that purchase would be taxed at a rate um which would hopefully give money back to the middle class the lower class people um right so at the moment there's like not like it's not an essential yeah, thing or whatever like yeah. it's, it's
0: an investment that you're doing so yeah
2: you, you take so taxes for example if I had the money to go and buy a 25 million dollar boat why wouldn't you pay on a, something towards something you know what I mean like it's just yeah <laughs> right. Just, I think that it should be something to think about. But yeah,
0: right. Mm. I like that. That, that was <laughs> good. That, that was easy. That was easy. That was easy. Oh, that's um,
2: that's a really simple. Yeah, 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 yeah. But way. but
0: no, no, no. It's it's good to put into uh, simple words because I feel like most of the times politicians try to speak easy, mm. but they just sound silly. Yeah. They just sound dumb. They're actually not. Speaking to the masses, they're going around and around and around, and then people get bored. Mm. And yeah. then you're like, you're trying, but like for me, when I watch, like for me, it's clear that there's a little game being mm. played. Yeah, you know, I'm like, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> some, some, and uh, generalizing probably is not the way to go because some politicians are quite inspiring. I, I like a few actually in New Zealand that I watch them, and I'm like. You want to something A, hey, like you, you really trying your best. But uh, when you get those big ones, the ones running, like for the, the, the main parties, I'm always a bit skeptical. Mm. I'm like, ah, maybe you're warding. you're trying to look too nice, mm. you know? And I'm, I don't know if you're being yourself. The
1: are puppets. <laughs> <laughs> my,
0: my biggest thing
2: around, uh, you know, the main party leaders is you can answer yes and no. Like it doesn't hurt anyone if you don't say yes or no. And, you know, you're seeing – and lately you've seen Chris Luxon, you know, not actually answer any questions, yes or no, in terms of his uh, foreign buyers tax.
1: Mm. You
2: know, why don't you just release the numbers? It's not a hard thing to do. You've obviously done them somewhere, Nicola, like, yeah. uh, Um Why don't you just release them? Yeah, I I mean, people have asked for them.
1: Yeah, everyone right now is craving more transparency with government, Mm. like not just in New Zealand, in the States, massively, especially, yeah, all these Western governments that are, you know, tight with the World Economic Forum and the UN (coughs) and the big pharma companies. And, Mm. um, yeah, there's been like no transparency with like the deals that have been done, like around the vaccines and, um, yeah,
0: why why are people skeptical about parties like Green Party, about parties that have a, a straight up like focus on natural resources, you know, like getting getting nature back into where, what it should be, you know, like because I feel like that in Brazil, mm-hmm. here, anywhere that someone someone talks mm-hmm. about, unless it's a very like, Rich country where poverty is not a thing, then it's like oh, in Denmark or whatever. I don't even know what's going on there. I'm just saying, <laughs> but like usually you, you will hear something like that, right? Oh, they're doing great things with their environmental issues. I'm like, yeah, of course they have nothing else to deal with. You know, like there's no poverty, or whatever. But like I feel like there's this thing. It's an upsetting thing, but there's this tendency to not take people who talk about the environment seriously. And he hurts me in a way. Why is that? Why do we do that?
2: I think it's the narrative. I think it's the narrative coming out of the right that on the far right, there isn't a climate emergency. Climate change isn't real. Central right, it's more like, oh, let's not do it now. Let's do it in 10 years or let's do it in five years. It's not an immediate problem. Whereas the Greens and Labour have identified that it is a problem. Greens, obviously, far left. So they're right now, right here. What are you wasting time on? Labor's more like, uh how would I describe this? Like, let's do it now, but let's get everything in place to ensure that we are meeting targets at a responsible level. And like also looking out for people as well.
0: What do you think?
1: Um, I mean, I know a lot of people who you would probably deem far right, um, mm. that care a lot about the environment. Um of course there's these people like who have businesses that feel threatened by different things like carbon tax like around here and there's a lot of um I think a lot of people around just like actually globally are worried about um the weaponization of something like climate change by these corporate oligarchs against ordinary people they think that Someone like Bill Gates will be able to fly his private jet wherever he wants. He has the money to be able to just like those carbon tax... Elon will go to the moon. Yeah, it (laughs) it means nothing to them, and ordinary lower class people will suffer. Yeah, and um, there's a lot of fear in this um, at the moment around the 15 minute cities, and Green has sort of um, like they sort of touch on some of the. they're like some of their visions kind of align with a bit of that 15 minute city stuff um that the world economic forum is proposing and that china are sort of trialing right now where you have and in theory it's not a bad idea where you live in an area i mean in places like the uk it's sort of already happening and kind of works where you're in you're living somewhere where it takes 15 minutes you can walk to wherever um like all your needs are served so you've got a supermarket there you can get a haircut you can get gas you've got schools you've got all the essential services within 15 minutes of walking distance um but there's a lot of um like there's a lot of fear around that like with rural communities like Coromandel recently Mm -hmm. has been um you know we've been hit by all these big weather events and our roads have been closed and on the media there's been all this talk around managed retreat and um yeah there's a, and it's like everyone should have the chance to decide like where they want to live like there's mm. a lot of government overreach at the moment like they like particularly over the covid years people felt like there was so much encroachment on their fundamental rights like their bodies um and yeah, with the lockdowns, their businesses not being able to open and kids not going to school, like, all these different things um, and, like, how they shut down the borders and um, things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, like, yeah, I think I I really like some of the Green Party's um, proposals around making cities more green. Like, why not? Like, we all Mm -hmm. want clean water. We all want more um you know we all we'd love to have like community gardens everywhere and like everything accessible to us but i think um yeah
2: the own yeah the thing the, uh, the problem that i've heard come up a lot around you know making cities more green it's a yeah. great thing um we studied it in urban development and geography mm-hmm. <sighs> It's around the intensification that people have the biggest problems with and there's a lot of misinformation around these intensified um, buildings and homes. So, you know, a lot of them, a lot of these housing intensifications and new developments are actually for 50-plus people Mm -hmm. and everyone thinks that. The term NIMBY, are you familiar with the term NIMBY? No. Not in my backyard. So they don't, they think people, some people think that... um, like social housing is a really good thing and it gets people off the streets and it's just a really cheap and affordable warm dry place for people to you know live but if it was to happen next to them they wouldn't like it mm. Mm. you know what i mean yeah and so we <laughs> tend to see this big problem and i said that it's an intensification problem that people are really scared about and i think what needs to happen is more community involvement around these processes to inform people about who's living where, mm. not that it should be a problem, but just to make people aware that it's not all bad. Like mm. there are really good things happening. Yeah. And especially Auckland, Wellington, all these yeah. places, Tauranga, Rotorua. Yeah.
0: Um, I love that. It's mm. so common. Mm. It happens Everywhere yeah. you know, like.
2: And like I live in a flat That's um, right next door To a new development And for the whole year We've been hearing Construction and everything But I know I don't have a problem with it Because I know That there's going to be 56 better off people Living in that place Than they are now Wherever they are mm-hmm. And they are cheap They are for people Over the age of 50 Who need a cheap option mm-hmm. You need to cater You need to have a supply For this demand You need to have Lower, middle and higher um, developments mm. for everyone you need to have the option there i sh- like you shouldn't expect a student to have to pay two hundred and fifty dollars a week to live in a yeah the dry moldy house you know mm. like they should have an option to live in a cheap place that's new warm dry and I do agree with the greens on that policy the the uh wafts on the houses
0: i do agree with that mm-hmm. bro we um cool that you brought up the the roads because we were talking yeah. about that when i went to pick you up um and you gave oh. me you gave me a cool take <coughs> on something that i hear quite often around here so i'll just i'll just put into a mm-hmm. big picture quickly so uh state highway 25 mm-hmm. collapsed is that yep. right emma yep. state, uh, state highway
1: 25 Yeah, the Kopu
0: required caused a lot of issues for the people in the coromandel and uh, I'm not an engineer. I don't know how long is too long, mm. but uh, it seems to be taking a oh, long wow. time. And then um, a very common thing to say, especially from the people who in other situations won't like Chinese, but then they say, why don't we bring the Chinese to 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 build roads and, and, and all that stuff? And for an ignorant like me, you start to buy into that idea. Mm-hmm. You're like, well there must be a deal or something that if the Chinese are so good to build roads, like why can't we? And then you just gave me something cool. So what what happens with, or what happened to some of the countries so, who actually took some help from, from what you know, yeah, you do yeah, have compromise, yeah. but like from, from what so you know.
2: So national's policy is to let China invest in our roads. Right. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, Oh, that could be quite a good idea, but it wouldn't be because mm-hmm. you're not only, removing our roads from our, you know, our own investments yeah. and kind of pushing it over there instead of bringing it back here and controlling it, the roads themselves that China has made in Italy um, and in... Are I've, they toll roads? No, we'll to they would be toll roads yep. international, but someone's got to pay for them if it's not China. Yep. Um, the roads that they use... Well, the materials that they use have surfaced online lately. That they actually pop up. So the roads pop up. So um, I said to before that it's like a hairbrush. Imagine a hairbrush as a road. Mm. That's what it's like driving over it. It's oh just God. like yeah. the. I think it's the the it bubbles underneath and then the the broken rock on top broken stone on top i should say uh kind of staggers and it's almost like continuous speed bumps
1: well,
2: it's, if you look it up it's it's really really common everywhere because of china's investments into them uh and it's appalling i don't think
1: right so national are wanting china to do tim- yeah oh,
0: <laughs> yes the bro is saying tofu concrete is that what's called? Tofu. Nah, I, oh. I think it's just <laughs> because it probably yeah. that, that yeah. it would happen yeah. like tofu. It would just break. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Our chat is alive for sure. Uh, so Penn said, yeah, thank you. He was my, uh, my grandfather. Sir Graham was a nat- nationalist, chairman of the Maori council, a knight, uh, commander of the realm. He stopped crown forestry taking land and is the reason we have Tereo on air. Shout out props to him we want to talk about that for sure um and then some other type of said well that is an impressive resume it is um he only said you have to ask yourself how best can i serve my people mm. and i like that um this is one of the things that, that's how i've um it's the same when someone tells me that they're not gonna vote oh. because i often think about that i'm like for years i i opposed it mm. i was like i don't want to participate. And then I started to understand that it's happening regardless of my participation in affecting me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. <laughs> even if in my mental state and my mindset, and the amount of foods that I eat, and how warm my bed is, and if I'm, I'm fulfilled with all of that, and I really feel like whoever is there, it won't yep. affect my good morning sunshine. <laughs> uh, I should think about the most vulnerable person that I know and maybe try to cast a vote for that person, yeah. You know, that's uh, a beautiful idea. Do you guys have a take on non voters?
2: Yep, pretty strong, <laughs> <I'm> pretty. <bad laughs> <goes first. laughs> pretty strong, too. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people don't understand what it means when you know a margin or a, like a margin of the population don't vote. So mm-hmm. essentially what it means is that everyone added up uh, when they finished voting, so 2020s, I think it was 82% of New Zealand population that were eligible voted. Um, and ultimately what that does is that leaves, if it was 82%, it would leave the rest. So that would be, I can't do the math. How many ahead. percent, I'm sorry, did you it say? It was about 82% last election. Mm-hmm. Um, So 18 left over. And so that would leave eighteen percent undecided. So that would get split among uh, somehow percentage-wise uh, between each party. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that the multi-party last election got a seat gained from uh, the non-voters. Labor gained five seats from the non-voters. ACT, ACT, and the Greens also gained one each. Well, that's I'm pretty interesting. sure. And National gained I think four. So that was the rest added up because obviously if there's a block of known voters then it's not it's not entirely mm. accurate. So some seats have to go somewhere. Um mm. and so a lot of people don't know that. And also what I'll say is that if you don't vote
0: So it's it's compared to the amount of votes that those parties gets. got. Yeah.
2: And I can't remember what it was off the top of my head, but it was something. Um and the other thing is people always ask, Oh, why should I vote? I'm like, first of all you pay taxes. Yeah. Actually, side run, lower the voting age to sixteen. We'll come back to that, I reckon. Um, yeah, I not know. But, about that. but people who don't vote, it's your taxes that is being you pay. You pay taxes. You should decide on where those taxes are going to be spent and who spends them. So you should vote. If you don't, there are political consequences of not voting. Like I just mentioned, how some parties do get more seats than others, determined on whether or not.
0: You vote or not? So maybe not voting because you oppose a party might support the party you oppose to. You know what? Because it would, it might put one of those guys into power. You don't vote and then... Yeah. And
2: so, yeah, I always stand by don't think, don't vote. Um, what would you call it? Don't vote strategically. It just doesn't really um, work all too well if you vote strategically a common example you see is between the far left the far right and the the central left and rights. so for example left in the uh, labor and the greens if the labor if heaps of labor supporters started voting for greens and split their vote to make sure that i don't know something happened then what you'd see is the national party might sweep through the middle mm. in a candidacy vote because labor doesn't have enough because the greens stole or the other way around mm. depends like
1: Who's who's, who. Yeah,
2: so you could actually, by strategically voting, you could make way for a party that the majority doesn't actually want. Um, so I always encourage to vote for the party that you want to vote for, Yeah,
1: regardless. Yeah, I fully agree with that. Mm. I've, I've heard, because I'm voting for a small party, mm-hmm. and uh, I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, you're just throwing away your vote. Like, not. No, Yeah. It's important to support your values and mm. whatever. Because if you put it, society.
2: so whoever you're voting for, and then and then I'm voting for Labor, obviously I'm clear about that.
1: Yeah.
2: That is how you get the party vote up for both of them,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the candidacy votes up for both of them. If you split it, you might not actually get a result that you want. Mm-hmm. So it's important that you do, you vote. For example, you could have a split vote. That's the nature of MMP. You could vote uh, a Green candidate. And then vote the ACT party, for example. Not that anyone would probably do that, um, but that's fine. Just mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, I just. Yeah,
0: you
1: can I don't
2: know. It's it's a hard, It depends on the electorate, I think. But yeah, I mean, I'm against split voting, personally.
0: Emma, do you do you agree with lower, lowering? Oh, what a tricky word lowering for a funder, the lowering the voting age
1: um i've had discussions with this about friends and obviously when i was in high school i was all for lowering the voting age but how change your mind yeah i've kind of changed my mind like i my (sighs) 16 year old self like had no concept of like yeah like what i've learned now about you know, mm-hmm. just politics and. But, uh, but, but I uh, don't know, and I wasn't paying taxes either. I feel like if you're not paying taxes, if you haven't been working, but, should but you, you really have. But you safe? can
0: work when you're 16, right? Yeah, you can mm. work,
1: but I wasn't working. And you, you can and go to jail. A lot of my friends. Won't. Can, you? can
0: you? Can you? Can you actually? <laughs> yeah, GV. and you can have sex GV. at
1: 16. So, th- so th- I. Mm. Yeah, you can make life at that age. And, and,
0: and I'm listening mm. to you, and I love. Mm conversations like this like we obviously don't have to agree with everything i'm I'm always keen Mm. to change my mind but i i often think when someone tells me your um point of view i think i didn't know all the other things that i could do when i was 16 as well when Mm. i was too legally allowed to do them you know like now were you
1: allowed to vote in brazil at 16
0: were we at 16 taylor we we could eh? we could vote yeah Uh, yeah man Yes. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we can vote at 60, We can vote. Yeah. Oh, okay. 16 in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That was the time that I was uh, going for don't vote. I mm-hmm. even remember uh, uh, because in Brazil, Taylor, correct, uh, there was this myth. And then I realized it was a myth because in Brazil, we have the, we sell it as the, the safest and, and, and more reliable way of, of counting votes, which is the machine that we sell to a lot of countries and uh, you put the number and then there's the green button to confirm the number you're voting for the the red one if you made a mistake, but then there's the white one, that it means that you are voting white, whatever, which means there was this myth Mm. that if you would pick that white, you were giving your vote to the majority. of the voters so kind of like playing with that idea of what you said you know like by by omitting by not voting you're contributing to kind of like counts yeah so even though apparently that was not true it it still made sense to me I realized that by not voting and I have no problems with people who don't vote you know like Mm. I feel like that's the beauty of human nature I hate the way that politics operates. I feel like it's the most disgusting way to separate all of us into parties. I feel like it's a shame. Mm. It's deplorable. But but that's what's happening. That's why I, I wish we had consensus in Parliament.
2: If you agreed with one policy, vote for it. Don't go with what your party says oh, yeah, I don't like this. You know, it's...
0: So what would be the way, what's the name of that Cons- consensus. consensus? Consensus. Just having a system like, that is... Like, for in the policies. Parliament,
2: obviously, you've got all the different parties. Mm-hmm.
1: So do they have to vote for whatever their party is? Depen- it
2: depends on uh, the kind of vote. So let's say a bill came through and the National Party said, we don't like this, we don't want this. They, there's, I, I don't know what it's called, I can't remember, but there's a, a vote where they actually have to vote how the party's going to vote. Oh oh that's um and i think that should be not yeah. on the head i yeah. think it should be if you agree with the, if you agree with the law or um bill yeah vote like for it yeah um,
1: i think most people would feel that and way. and it
2: should honestly and i it should come down to your community's yeah perspective too especially if you're an mp like yeah 100 percent. not just your own beliefs mm-hmm. um especially if you're religious don't think that should even play a part mm. in decision-making. Mm. Um, but with the make it 16 thing, I am... <laughs> I was really conflicted on it, and then I made my mind up that I am for it. I am for make it 16, because obviously you pay income tax at 16 if you are working, mm-hmm. and most people, there is some people that choose not to, which is absolutely fine, but most people will and do. Um, and and i can't remember what year it was but i oh know it was i can't remember what year it was but they paid their age group 16 to 17 paid 93 i'm pretty sure 93 million dollars in income tax Wow, which is a lot yeah um and i think it's really unfair mm. that no, they don't actually the have a say in mm. how that money is spent mm. like i i've raised arguments with. i've tried to get a really fair consensus on this issue because i i didn't know i was like okay like what's right what's wrong I've talked to a range of people that are against it, that are for it. A lot of people say, oh, um, I don't think they should be allowed to vote because uh, like, I know how immature I was at 16 and the, the decisions I could have made and what, how it would have impacted people today. Fair enough. But also you have quite a few elderly who um, <laughs> naturally get really immature, yeah, which yeah, is expected yeah. because, you know...
1: Um, we've got an
2: aging population <laughs> as well, so I guess lowering yeah. it would a,
0: would even it out a little bit. Yeah, like it's yeah, as, as so kind of should to the top as well. After well, 60,
2: if you're in a cu- you, you know staff like I like I, you know like if you're gonna cut with,
0: sixteen, not up sixteen, just sit in the middle. Yeah, Shit. but
2: you can consent Amazing. at sixteen. You can get a driver's license. You know, you're contributing to society at sixteen properly. You should be able to vote, mm. and. I mean, I do like what they've done with the voting at local elections at the moment, which is a good step.
1: Is that sixteen now?
2: Yeah. Well, oh, it's moving okay, into so 16. they They've introduced a bill. Yeah. Um, nice. Shout out to Make It <clears throat> Sixteen. Um, and
0: it's a movement in New Zealand. Yeah. Like, make yeah. 16,
2: yeah. 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 And, right. and yeah, I think it's a really, really good movement. It's a progressive one at that as well. But yeah, it's just something that we should all be looking into because mm. it's it is socially progressive and it is a good
0: thing. And I'm joking about 60-year-old people not <laughs> voting. We <laughs> should all vote, all
2: of us. The 100-year-old yes. people vote. Speaking of voter turnout, vote. 18 to 24 uh, this year have, uh, 31% haven't enrolled. Haven't? Haven't. haven't. This wow. year. 31% of us. I 13, can change. I can
0: change things. An amount of people can change. So go results. and
2: enroll if you're listening. Go yeah. and enroll. if. How you're. do you enroll, bro? You can visit vote.nz um and go and enroll there otherwise you can go and see uh the electoral uh,
0: enroll New Zealand uh when they come to your town do you guys feel like whoever's in the power or people who retain more wealth and power for them it's better to make politics complicated so people decide not to engage. It's a Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's intentionally that way, I'm sure. Well, I don't think...
2: Um, Well, we got mad. So you go. Like (laughs)
1: in certain certain places and with you, like I'd be interested in hearing like in Brazil what it was like, like your perspective on the system over there and how complicated is that?
0: Uh, I feel like sometimes with big spaces, with big countries like that, um, we are so used to corruption. Mm. It's just everywhere. Yeah. In every little town and every single thing. Like, so the, the most horrendous corruption that you could think, you know, like a politician is taking the money out of the, the, the children's hospital and Mm. the, the lunch for the schools. Like you would think, oh my God, like that's.
1: Yeah, that's Tuesday that? morning.
0: It's just, it's just like oh it happens God. all the time everywhere. So I feel like that's what puts most of the young people off in Brazil. So you are caught up in that capitalist mind of like, I just got to make it work. Yeah. I'm not going to bother giving attention to whoever's in the power because they're all stealing anyway. And, I cannot, corruption. Even, mm. and I cannot even understand what they're saying. So I'll just carry on. Um, but by saying that, then I look at small countries where corruption is just organized. You know, mm-hmm. like I see yeah. rich small countries as corrupted as, but then it's on your face; you don't even realize that it's just going to places, and and, and you're like, how did that money was accepted? Like the salaries are just bigger. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just an easier way to mm. to deviate or to put. Uh, I cannot say that because then it sounds like I'm I'm accusing. Me. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's just more. It's not that on, it's not like ah, he got because in Brazil, like you would have this thing, oh, the guy got caught with like putting dollars in his underwear, mm. you know, like mm. putting his socks, like, and you're less likely to hear about these things in small countries like New Zealand, but like, there no, would be other ways to do this. I, that, I so. think,
1: um, one of the most frustrating things for people, like, po- like politically, um issue that people have is the bureaucracy like the amount of money that's paid to consultants and the bureau, the money that the tax money that's wasted on um yeah bureaucracy bureaucracy and administration and um like you see you hear of like 20 million dollars going to this project and nothing gets done for years <coughs> and it's just like so discouraging but um
0: Meanwhile, we have young people tapping into politics and I'm sure the the, the yep. course at you, Auckland University is pretty full.
2: Yeah, it is actually. It's so. um, uh-huh. really big.
1: Oh, wow. That doesn't yeah. surprise me though.
2: It's Well, yeah, Auckland University has the biggest student numbers in the country, so I'm not surprised. Um, and obviously Auckland's a very political place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be actually disheartened if there weren't as many people in the classes as there were because a lot of people do you know, a lot of values are shared in that space, uh, and you can kind of get a grounding from it, you know, between what's actually going on idea ideolo- like in ideology speaking terms and what's not. So for example, um, social progress progress in New Zealand. In that in one of the classes there's a lot coming out of the left, and then there's also a lot coming out on the right. But in class, we get to speak on those theories and what ones actually better for what. And it's between left and right. It's really weird how the classes kind of, especially in 107, I found in first year it was very separate. So it tended to be all the lefties sit on the left and all the righties sit on the right. I don't know why. Um, it was quite interesting, but you know, we we kind of had little outbursts of debates in class it was kind of cool um
1: did you find most like, of your class were left yeah based yeah 100%. You'd imagine.
2: and it's quite funny that that is it's like the more and it's actually funny because in second year it's even more left
1: oh yeah and
2: there's only a couple like um i, I don't really like the term left and right um yeah. conservative let's say yeah um there's a lot less conservative people and a lot more mm. socially progressive people, and you kind of wonder like why is that?
1: I think people on you know on the right in politics tend to not do courses. they mm. tend to be people with businesses that have yeah. other um, like yeah I, I think a lot of those main um, politicians yeah. are I've heard CEO from different person. different
0: people and, and different friends and older people who We'll say that as you get older, mm-hmm. you become more conservative. Yeah. Mm. Uh, do you guys feel like it's 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 a natural thing? It it all like it 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 could happen even with you. You know, even with you, bro, being like so. Yeah. I think on your on your, your values pos- right now.
2: I think it's your position in life.
0: Mm.
2: I think if you've worked really hard for, actually, no, I take that back everyone works hard for what they have Mm. um
0: but if you built something from a place where it would be probably less likely should we put it that way it's a
2: really hard thing to kind of say without getting you know cancelled um but i would say yeah it depends on your position um if i was a business owner i mean to be fair i'd probably still vote labor Mm. because i'm just i care about people too much in the sense where i'm not
0: but 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 when you say that again not not trying to push it so people can cancel you (laughs) but like but then it sounds like the people from the rights they don't care about people and Mm. from what i hear they would never say that you know like they they will have twisted or 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 different ways or or, but like oh they definitely still care about people
2: um there's no denying that. Like it's just the humanity effect in people that people just do care about people. Um but if we're looking at it as a a theoretical framework, I hate theory, but it tends to come out everywhere. Yeah. Um and you kind of scale it on, on layers, you have it's really hard to explain. Um you have the socially progressive people who for example, to Party Māori, the Greens and Labour, who are parties for the working class, for Māori, for segregated communities, um, for climate change and all that. And then you have the parties that are for the wealthy, the, um, I would say, yeah no business owners and yeah wealthy pretty much that's about it and it's it's all on so it's not about you know who you care for if you care for people or not it's more about i don't know it's a hard one to explain properly without sounding because
0: because like because even even businesses owners uh Mm. They might be in tricky situations as well, Yeah, you know, like maybe they're better Mm. than a lot of people who have the nine to five and, and, and have to be worried about getting fired, but like Mm. they have different worries to, to stress about. Mm. And who knows, maybe those suicide rates might even be bigger for, Mm. for, for people who have to deal with that because the pressure is even, so that's why for me, um, it's a systematic thing. That's Mm. why for me, politics, it's so like, I look at it and it it looks like a a game, like a board game. And I'm like, man, like it's, this is nothing more than a game. But like, it doesn't seem to me like that there are big winners apart from the ones outside of the game. You know, like the big Mm. guys, because even when I hear someone like a good friend who runs a business and he's like, he's doing the best. Oh no! But I'm gonna vote for that one, you know, because people can work harder and achieve. Like they're still insecure, they're mm. still struggling to keep that business open. And I try to explain to them, I'm like, bro, you're so much closer to the ones struggling mm. than to the ones who are making big. Oh
2: yeah, like, like banks. You, you
0: know, like you know, a classic example in New Zealand: mm. traders, tradies, and teachers. Yeah. Traders give shit to teachers. Oh, you guys have all the time off and and you keep striking and everything. And then teachers go and say, oh, the traders make a lot of money just to like make holes on things. And you have all the machines Mm -hmm. that does the work for you. And I'm like, you both not understanding that like you're on the same boats with big holes and trying to take water out Uh of it. You know, like it doesn't matter how much you think you're good. Mm -hmm. Like there's people making much more than you. yeah. And you're just fighting with your own. Yeah, you're just becoming weaker. Yeah. By when doing I, when that. I
2: when I explain uh, like huge corporate, you know, um, ideology, it's more so the banks than anything. Like, I don't see how the banks can be profiting like that, especially mm. when we're in a cost of living crisis. Like, I just, I just don't think that that's morally acceptable. Oh, and no mm. way. It's, and, yeah, it's
1: disgusting. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think people on both left and right. We are all against these corporate <laughs> elites. These, um, yeah, these yeah. corporate oligarchs that are, you know, the heads of businesses like, um, yeah, Pfizer and all of these. You know, the defense co- contractors that are making all these monies out of money out of the foreign wars and, um, yeah, big agriculture. Um, yeah, mm. it's those people who are. Se- I guess you could say separate from yeah. yeah. I've um,
2: always um I've always said to people that if I was ever in a position where I was making enough like a lot of money, I would and I was like living a comfortable life, I would only take what I would need to live a comfortable life. I mm-hmm. wouldn't have that access of money just sitting there. Like one of my big um Dreams is to you know go over to Africa And invest in water wells And you know put water wells in for the vulnerable Because I don't think that people should be Living without these humanitarianism Essentials like mm. A roof over your head Like we can eradicate poverty In this country mm. Quickly we should have we, we I mean I don't think it's acceptable That we have people on the streets And people use the argument of oh yeah but um, You know we work and you know, we we work for your, you you work for what you've got, and you know, some and it's the same thing with, um, the benefit, but people need it.
1: Mm. If
2: you don't have it, then you got you're just gonna drive poverty higher.
1: Yeah. and um, we get more crime. And it's
2: it's bad enough that we actually have poverty. Like I don't think anyone should be, ex- like I. I have never. Experienced, like real poverty. Mm. and i know that i
1: I think our country prevents it Mm -hmm. for most people yeah i think every everyone can access the benefit i feel
0: like there is poverty but no misery there's a big difference there yeah yeah poverty exists people people are in the poverty yeah mm. definitely rates there but but they're not miserable like they're not having to to
2: one one thing i say to people is and they say oh i hate i don't like the benefit i don't think people should be have the benefit i'm like so would you rather a street like in LA, where you have mm. a whole footpath on both sides covered in tents with people who can't afford the basic essentials to live a ha- happy and healthy life. You know, like mm. the benefit is there for people that need it to be able to kind of get a step ahead in life.
1: Mm.
2: If you take that away, and people are, if, you know, people are still going to be like, ah, oh, there's people everywhere. It's ho- these homeless are crazy. So it's mm-hmm. like, no matter what you do, you can't win, but you just have to know what the right decision is in that sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I think that, yeah, I think people need to have basic essentials. I think it's a human right to actually yeah, have all these things. And I've always said, you know, if I ever have too much money, I will give most of it away. I don't need, need $100,000 in my bank account to live a happy life. I mean, I could, like, right now, I live off $328 a week. Mm. I'm happy as. I don't, I don't need this big income. Obviously, when I start working full-time, I'll if you have kids, little bit
1: more.
0: might change. Exactly, yeah. But then there will be uh, that plans and actions that will support that too, which New Zealand does, right? If you have kids, you receive, mm. you get some money as well to support the kids you have and, and all yeah. this stuff, right? So if you keep adding those, ups, uh, I feel like that's, that's one of the humane things that most people mm. miss out. You know, there's no problem in supporting people. Yeah. There's no problem at all to make sure Smiling that everybody's okay. Yeah, yeah, like, don't don't be like, no, 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 why? Why are they getting money? Because they have children. Man, you don't have children, shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, I get stressed out just by by children crying next to mm. me, and I work at the school, <laughs> you yeah. know? So like, imagine raising five of them. I don't know how it is, you know? Like, mm. so if, if some money will actually help with babysitters, with foods, with, with a lot of things, man, let it happen, same for a roof. You know, mm. like for me, it's so disheartening that people don't yeah. have a roof. Mm. But uh, just quickly change the subject. Uh, I didn't say that to you, Emma. But the main reason why we brought Matt here, it's not about politics. It's because he's actually taking us on a yacht, man. <laughs> wow <laughs> ah! Now I like oh where do I put my face after all these things nah I'm joking so what's your full time job bro
2: um so I'm part time part time part time sorry part time yeah. well it's actually um casual work it's not even part time um so I work at Ocean Eagles um shout out yeah so they Ocean Eagle charters yeah um so they're just a party yacht um boat oh, cool. something for catamaran um Get to meet heaps of different people. Um, really, really fun. Like, it's super fun. Get to just see people having fun. It's the best, it's, I reckon it's the best job that I've ever had. Um, and it's just, yeah, bartending on a yacht.
1: Are they just Well, I call it a yacht. Around. It's
2: actually, it doesn't have a sail, so it's not a yacht. It's a, I, my boss would probably be like, oh, it's not a yacht, Matt. Um, it's a motor yeah. boat um
1: is it just around Auckland like around those yeah, islands and- yeah
0: so we go um around the bays and through the harbour that's real cool old bays stuff do 2023 you could do yeah yeah we could do, do <laughs> I like that hey we could do a podcast from the yacht. the audio nice. would suck yeah. Wow, <laughs> special effect we can say. Yeah. Man, um, how does it work? So, like, people hire the place. Is 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 there a fee? Like, how 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 is it?
2: Um, yeah. So there's an initial fee, which I'm not exactly certain on, like what it is. Um, per about as a standard for like four hours or something. Um,
0: how many people can it take? And
2: I think it's hundred. I'm pretty sure it's hundred fifty, which is the max. That's us. That's huge. Yeah, it's us. It's two. Have we got 150
0: friends?
1: Yeah, we should have your flower power thing on. Emma, yeah,
0: we do. Cool, cool, cool.
2: Um, and then yeah, you pay like a one thousand dollar bond. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. Like it's yeah, you just pretty much you you purchase it out for a certain amount of time, and then like we have twenty firsts, we have weddings, corporate events, birthday parties, like everything. Um, anything you want. We have tea parties. Oh. I've never worked a tea party, but um, yeah, pretty fun.
0: Man, um, what What was the reason why you decided to take geography as well?
2: So I thought going into the world of politics, uh, I'm going to need some environmental background. Well, not need, but it's handy to have an environmental background to know what the most suitable and efficient things are for the environment are protocols around uh, different marine protection like um, MPAs, which is Marine Protection Areas, uh, Marine Reserves, um, Rahuis, all of that kind of um, classifications. What one is needed where, um, how is it needed, the implementation of those. Uh, with our, we did a research paper at the start of this year. Um, it was about the Hukamuanga Matiatia. Uh, reserve on Waikiki Island that was a proposed one from the 2021 report um and we did a big research paper around it what it was about was what the ecology was in the area if we needed a marine reserve an MPA or a Rahui and what uh processes were involved with getting that implemented so it was the paper was called um like learning how to research in geography, research in geography, um, and we talked a lot actually about uh, negotiating with iwi yeah. and how we shouldn't be using, well, yeah, using Maori as stakeholders in these um, negotiations. Except we should be partnering, using them as partnerships um, between central and local governments and iwi. We should be using them as partners, not as stakeholders. They're not stakeholders. We have a we both, the New Zealand European or well, central government and iwi have the, um, what's the word, uh, requirement to both be able to negotiate with each other without having to, yeah, mm. I don't know I what, what I, I to say I on get, that. But but I, I get what you mean, I get what you mean. It's like, important to.
0: It goes, it goes Be partners, with, not yeah. stakeholders. Kind of like what co-governance it's a, it's explains, a, right? In a way. Yeah.
2: It's a, under the treaty, it says that, you know, Māori can govern them, govern their, govern themselves. Do you it's focus,
0: not, sorry to interrupt you, do mm-hmm. you focus on, uh, Aotearoa mainly in that yeah. course? Or geography actually will take you through like examples around the world and, and understanding also other the yeah. countries so and the way that they operate?
2: First year was mainly, so we did two, we had to do two courses, um, So first year was around the natural environment uh, and also the human. So there's two aspects. It's a lot bigger than what I thought initially, like going from high school into um, university level geography. It's completely different. Um, We had a course that was surrounded by the natural environment, which we learned about waves, uh, geomorphology, which is the rivers and the river processes and how sediment moves around there. And then we also talked about climate and that was quite a big section. It was really hard to understand, but you kind of get your head around it eventually. Um, it's because it's just so big and it's probably a topic by itself. Um, and then the second course was around humans. So it was 102. can't remember exactly what the title of the course was, Um, But you learned about gender, sexuality, um, like all the different human aspects. It's kind of like sociology, kind of combined with geography. It's really confusing. Uh, A lot of information, like a lot. It was kind of differentiating between gender and uh, sexuality. Um, And then second year's more, uh, we did a human paper. And then obviously that research paper. Again, so it's still the same, but third year you go into what you want to do, same with politics.
0: Would you would you go to uni? Emma, would you try something like that? I would love to study those things like sociology, geography. I think when I was at uni, I was not as keen as I am right now, older, to so actually start tapping into studying again.
1: Mm. Um, do you have any
0: inclination to like academic studies or, or-
1: I am just so addicted to my painting that I don't think I could do anything else <laughs> that wasn't mm. creative, but I, I do find the all those subjects really interesting and I love listening to podcasts on these kinds of issues yeah. and light like learning while I'm creating. Um, yeah, it is. It's very interesting. I, f- I feel like it, um, yeah, I mean, do we get taught, did, did you find a lot of what you've been doing in your papers you learned a bit of in high school or not so much? Like through social studies or did you take geography in high school? The
2: whole way through, yeah. Yeah. Uh, A lot of it uh, in high school, it was more around uh, the seven key terms of geography. Um, And we learned about uh, like Chicago crimes. And um, it's a lot different Mm. to what I thought. Um, it was going to be, obviously, the crimes paper at high school would be kind of under the human geography aspect of things. Um I don't think I would say I learnt, uh, we haven't covered anything from high school. It's been really different.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, like there's not okay. much uh, similarity, Yeah, I would say. I think the NCA, the geography NCA, yeah. Part is kind of just
1: very
2: basic. Yeah, yeah, yeah basic understandings.
0: So, so, what, what, what career are you pursuing with all these studies that you're going?
2: Yeah, so oh. I've had um, a few <laughs> career choices kind of planted in my view since I was probably about year nine, uh, so probably about thirteen. Um, I was going to go to the navy and do some force work. Oh, cool! Um, and use geography in that with also politics. And do a disaster response, so like if someone had a volcanic eruption, I'd know what to do with the responses in geography, and I'd also know how to uh, communicate diplomatically um but I've kind of just i've kind of gone away from that um and I want to use geography um with diplomatics still, but just in a different area, like foreign affairs I think would be my best option. I really want to go into foreign affairs. Because it's a bit, it's a, it's a bit more diplomatic than geography-based, but you still have to kind of know uh, geopolitics. So, yeah.
0: What countries are the the, the hard ones to have affairs with well, nowadays? See like the hard,
2: hard, see the hard ones. <laughs> see the hard ones are the ones that I'd actually love to have. Like, if I was an ambassador of Iraq or Iran or like in those war-torn countries, I would love that. A lot of people say that they wouldn't because mm-hmm. it's you know too scary or too conflictable but i've always said you know that'd be so fun like (laughs) not fun but Wow, it'd be so it? interesting yeah. To yeah
0: it's a challenge yeah it's a challenge because a completely different way of of, of seeing life and, and and culture background and all that yeah stuff. yeah so yeah it'd be really informative um, and i understand the fun words that you put there you didn't mean funny like hey yeah, yeah. Like, like hey, you, this, war, but this is challenging yeah. this is going to yeah. be new for me you know yeah. like there's a fun mm. element to each work and career that keeps you going right so yeah. i get what you mean bro right?
2: yeah it'd be hard to navigate um but i mean i'm always up for a challenge like i love to do Things that are just out of my box Like I won't ever be kind of stuck into my own Little circle um, But in terms of The the Yeah the best I, the, the hardest would be Iraq and Iran And the war-torn Middle East uh, And I think Yeah I mean London's always kind of Everyone's top pick um, But if I wasn't to go It would be London, um, Spain Portugal, France um, Italy or I could do um, Argentina or Chile, um, or just doing an island would be fun. Like, you know, Papua New Guinea, or yeah, just whatever. So you yeah. gotta start somewhere. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So
0: that involves all sorts of issues, right? Like representing New Zealand, you would go yeah. for the good and for the bad. You, you, you just have to be yeah. ready. to. So
2: you're effectively a foreign policy officer. Um, so you're making sure that New Zealand's interests are seen overseas in that place representing right um but also that you communicate uh their interests back to new zealand and you're pretty much just the 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 link between the two nations um if you watch uh diplomat on netflix really good it's a bit romanticized but it's quite good yeah yeah it shows both sides
0: so when so when when um a country does something crazy and like kills a lot of people invades another one. And then prime minister goes on, on the radio and says, we don't support that blah, 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 So was the affairs person who went to check the situation and supported with what words should, should be said. Mm. And is, is, is that what it is? Someone that breaks yeah. down what actually happened? Would that be so kind of the job? A,
2: one of the examples that came up recently, was a question was asked to the Prime Minister about uh, China's relations with uh, Taiwan. Taiwan, Yeah. And obviously the Prime Minister has a a say in that, but ultimately it's also up for the diplomats to discuss on a diplomatic level. It's for the negotiations to happen, but, you know, behind closed doors and to sort out issues. And, yeah. I mean, I I know... uh, This is actually... From a movie that I kind of analyzed, yeah. or the diplomat that I analyzed, is that well, one of the the directors of that movie was a diplomat, and he was trying to illustrate the challenges of that job through it, which is why it's quite good. And he illustrated that the challenges are when when the top top bosses, like the foreign affairs minister, or in the US, it's the secretary mm-hmm. of state, if they come and visit, it can actually hinder things. It can move progress, uh, sometimes in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. It can kind of influence some diplomatic representatives quite badly, but it's all part of the job, I think. It'd be quite fun, like, you know, having to raise challenges with people, you negotiate and see common sense on both sides of the table. But, yeah, it'd be good
0: diplomacy diplomats. We hope to bring you back as a diplomat next time (laughs) on the show. Well, I guess it's a very long journey to become a diplomat, right? I had a friend in Brazil, Mm -hmm. video editor, amazing Tiaguinho will never be watching our show. But there's a big kiss for you, my friends Yeah, by the waves and life and energy. (laughs) Um, And I think his father, Mm-hmm. was a diplomat and one of those people like the tattoo parts of the world that he goes and his thing was like visiting all the towns and all the cities in brazil mm-hmm. you know like which is a massive country but he loved all the little pockets you know of, of that nation and uh yeah like years of studies of studying and like very complicated things that he would go through yeah to understand those relationships man
2: it is it's a it's a they often say it's a, like one of the most tiring jobs in the world. Like you're constantly up thinking, what can I do here? How can I kind of get around this? Um, persuasion and convincing is a big thing. And that so you often find that a lot of diplomats have studied communications at a university or mm. got a diploma and a little degree. Um, but we learn to now, because I study a comms class for an elective, um, and we're learning about. How persuasion is actually tapping into the emotional elements of a person. So if I wanted to persuade you, I would kind of figure out, you know, what your emotional uh, topics were, and then kind of relate to. That. It's really strategic, or it's kind of cynical yeah. in a way.
1: And a lot of politicians tap into emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, politics is such an emotionally charged thing for yeah. people and that's how leaders become so popular, right? How do yeah. you get those like really charismatic people? Yeah.
2: It's a very persuasive environment whereas uh convincing is more around facts and figures and you know yeah. having the backing of certain f- um statistics. Yeah. I like persuasion more because it's a bit more
1: Yeah, a lot of a people communicative. Um, yeah, if you present someone a fact or if you say a statement that really taps into their emotion, yeah. even if it contradicts what the actual reality is, they're going to go for the like emotional yeah. thing.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Man, what a cool show. It had a little bit of everything. Yeah. A bit of a debate, a bit of a green, just a gring, and, and But I feel like that's why we exist. Mm-hmm. That's why we're here for, man, you know, like to, agree first to of all, agree, disagree, but like find those ways to work together. Yeah. And I feel like we miss the point when we do all those things and still we cannot yeah. cooperate. We had Narino Tewati on, on the show, uh, last Thursday, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, today, Tuesday. Tuesday and again when people know something they break down in, in very basic concepts and that that was what he's saying you know like it, the beehive apparently the, the the maori king in his coronation he said that when you look at a beehive there's a lot of collaboration going on mm-hmm. there. And, you know like then you look at a, a beehive yeah uh, as, as a politics um uh, perspective yeah, yeah, and yeah. like we have to collaborate we, we we have to find those spaces where mm with working towards the best for the people you know yeah it might take some disagreements but we gotta find the middle ground eh? yeah definitely I so, like it yeah so thank that's you it's a good um it was a great analogy wasn't yeah it? yeah it's it was a good one beautiful one it makes sense you know mm-hmm. like it is just m- not taking the the, the words seriously you yeah know? we should be working together so so that's it Emma
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Emma Evangeline Gustafson on Instagram. Your yep. art just keeps evolving as you evolve as a human, as a beautiful person. Thank you so much for being supportive of of what we do. Thanks for
1: having me.
0: What's 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 cooking in the in the studio for the season? What's happening?
1: Um, I'm sort of working on a new body of work at the moment. I'm going to have an exhibition in February and I'm doing the market season here in Fiddy. So keep an eye out for me down in town every Saturday. And um, yeah.
0: Do you know where the exhibition is going to be on February or not yet? It's
1: going to be at Christine Raybart's space. So I've got the Coromando first two weeks of... Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be in there and I might do a few festivals, painting and um, yeah, over summer, but that's what I'm up
0: to. Keep us posted so we can promote that again. Thank you. Thank you, my bro. What's happening? What's what's what are the next steps in in Matt's life tomorrow? Some <laughs> cocktails.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 um. There's quite a bit campaigning's a big part of my life at the moment. Um, obviously helping Helen and doing what I can there, making sure she wins Mount Albert. Um. And then, yeah, work, university, I'm still trying to finish my paper on uh, colonialism's effect on New Zealand's legitimacy as a state, which oh, wow. is very interesting. Um, so, so far I've found that colonialism's uh, had an, a huge impact on the legitimacy of New Zealand state, um, and, I, and obvious, for obvious reasons, through segregation, oppression, like all of the systemic injustices that have happened to the Maori people um, is because of one thing, one thing only. Here we go. Colonialism.
0: Colonialism,
2: guys. Mm. It is sad. S- say it again,
0: Matt. <laughs> say it again, Matt.
2: Colonialism is the problem.
0: <laughs> say it again. No, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so that will be interesting when I have the full findings of that, but mm. yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I've opened up to a wide view of different things through, because we have to have uh, agreeable resources and also ones that are against it. So you have to kind of pile it all in and figure out what one's what. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Undoing things might not be possible, but reparations and and, and making things even and fair. Oh, it's, it needs it's always to be possible, happening. right?
2: It has to happen. Like now, if not yesterday, like yeah. ASAP. Do
1: you think New Zealand's doing enough?
2: No. No.
1: No. do
0: you still do work with the commonwealth
2: um that was in 2021 where I was selected for the role uh, and then COVID kind of happened so still like it was still oh. a thing but um yeah it was we couldn't do it because of COVID right
0: but yeah it might happen could do could do but yeah that was a high school era. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to our beautiful supporters of this amazing show, Cooked Coromandel, Arriba, beautiful Kai. Did you guys enjoy the food? Yeah, it was food? really good.
1: Yeah, it was beautiful. Good stuff. Love my quesadilla.
0: Quesadilla. They're doing beautiful things. Check them out. Cooked Coromandel. We had them on the screen the whole show. Easy to find them on the socials and Peninsula Motel. Shout out to Fred making sure that all our guests sleep well in warm beds was he there to welcome you when you arrived fred yes yeah Yeah, he
2: was yeah good man great he's cool
0: awesome yeah shout out to peninsula motel and shout out to taylor behind the 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 screens making the show happen thank you oh you're welcome bro my pleasure (laughs) we'll be back on tuesday and um yeah It's a good opportunity to learn. I'm not going to give too much information because every time that I do that... Something (laughs) changes. Yeah, things change every time. But I'm just going to say that uh, next week it will be a great opportunity to learn more about the cowpapa in this area. So, yeah, there will be some cool things happening next week. Stay with us. Thank you so much, team.
2: You're welcome.
1: Thank you, guys. Peace.
2: See ya. We'll be right back.
0: back.